ego attachment, entitlement fear. enabling, yeah. fear. Yeah, those are the things that keep us stuck. I'm Reverend Peggy Clark, Senior Minister at Community Church of New York. I'm Jill Novensky, the Director of Religious Education. And we're coming to you from Community Church here in the heart of Manhattan, in New York City. Coming from a long line of disruption. Four fires, three name changes. Two pandemics. <laughs> four times. We sold five of our buildings. Yeah, that part. We had a vote to oust the minister. We're in a rented church space. We got sued by four members. <laughs> Oh my God. We're inviting you to join us for a Sunday to Sunday rundown of how we do things here, hoping that you find out what that might look like for you. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we are showing up. <laughs> <laughs>Hello and welcome back to the Disrupt Church podcast. I'm producer Starling Carter and I just wanted to introduce today's episode by saying first of all happy new year to those of you listening in real time. It is the first week of January 2024 and this is a time of year when many of us find ourselves reflecting on what is and isn't working in our lives, in our relationships, in our communities, and we thought it would be a great opportunity to start off the new year with a quick episode about some of the things that keep us stuck in patterns that may not be serving us as church communities. So give it a listen. We hope you find it interesting, and if you have anything that you would like to contribute maybe something that we forgot to mention, go ahead and mention it in the comments. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can also join the Disrupt Church Facebook group or the Substack community and continue the conversation that way. Enjoy. So here's the thing. I started to like list stuff, like what keeps us stuck, and I started to list. You're good. But no, it's not. Um, well, I don't have it with me. But, but, but it actually was thinking, those are all things everybody knows. I think in terms of the like broad general things, yeah. maybe not so interesting, but the specific stories, like what really happens that makes us too like isolated or too insular, like we just get- As a church. Yeah, like as churches, not just as churches. us. Right, I mean like right. churches in general. Like, so I actually wanna be really careful that we're not just talking about community church, but I feel yes. like it's a lot of community church, so it's yes. sort of done. But the issues are real everywhere. Even mm -hmm. the issues that aren't true here mm -hmm. are true in other places, mm -hmm. right? So like, like for instance, just sort of this litany of what keeps us stuck. Like when we um, don't welcome children, right? When, when like yeah. children show up in a service and elders suss them. Yeah. Hush right. cultures, right. a guarantee not to grow your congregation. Right. right. Or when when people accuse someone on staff, it's often a DRE or a minister, mm -hmm. of wanting too much power. Like you're only doing that, you know, kind of for yourself. Right. Micromanagement of other people's roles. Yes, micromanagement. Yeah. That keeps us small. Yeah. That keeps us stuck. That's As a matter of fact, stuck. microaggressions in general too. Ooh, yep. Not welcoming new people. Do you know I was in a church right. once? There was a guy who showed up. He was really active in his other church, like on the other side of the country. He showed up for this church. Church had a band. He played bass. Music was his life. He joined or asked to join the band. 
And they said no, because they had a bass player. And I mean, the band had like 15 people in it. And it was a major ministry of the church, wow. but like he couldn't participate. That's so sad. So sad, he yeah. left the church. He was like, and he said to me, I've never felt so unwelcome right. in a UU space. Right, I think another thing that keeps churches so stuck too is displaying one's discomfort out loud. If we're looking to form radical welcome, that means sometimes some of us will be a little bit uncomfortable with the ways others have of being. And if they're not injurious ways of being, yep. making space and, and yep. you know. Ego is a huge thing. Ego is a huge reason. Ego keeps Attachment, us attachment to positions of power, mm -hmm. you know. Um, not being willing to collaborate, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Being so stuck and attached to what you already have going. Yep. You know, sometimes it's not working and you have to take a step back and you have to be open to a new idea. It doesn't necessarily mean that people are gonna be made irrelevant, but that stuckness yep. to a certain position. I have another story that's similar to what you're saying. There was a woman, she was the chair of the membership committee and in that church, there was a guest book and you would write, when people came in, they'd write their name and their home address. And the chair of the membership committee was like, this is the least useful information that you can probably gather mm. from people walking in. Mm. Like, what she wanted was cards that had, um, or even better, like an iPad, where right. people would punch in information like cell phone and email. Right. And the committee were so attached to their guest book that they wouldn't let her, absolutely wouldn't. And I had to meet with them and explain to them. I was a consultant, but I was like brought in and met with them. And it sounded like they were like, okay, we understand. We have to do things differently. And then they went downstairs and opened the guest book and the membership chair uh, sobbed held me and cried oh. because she could, she was like, I can't, it's such a basic thing to just, you just have to change with the times a little right. bit. Right. And they wouldn't let go of their guest book. Yeah. Even after they were like, no, 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 we totally get it. And then they're like, but we're still going to use the guest book. Like, right. That Attachment kind of again. And right. I was going to say that, especially a welcome in different platforms and different ways of processing, you know, mm -hmm. there, since the pandemic, there's so it's such, it's cracked wide open. I mean, we have so many more ways of doing things. We have multi-platform, mm -hmm. we have spaces that can bring in folks that have mobility issues and can't physically be there, can still be included. You know, but if folks are stuck and in, in, in this narrative of I'm not technologically savvy, well, you know, that's the time to collaborate and check mm -hmm. in with other people and see if anybody can help. But instead of just shutting it down and saying, no, this is the way we've always done it, this is the way it's done, and it's the way it's going to continue to be done. It's it's more about being right than it is about moving the needle forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think about spaces where I'm in where there's lots of generative energy and it mm. feels like you can really get something done. But a lot of church committees don't feel that way. They feel sort of deadening, even when people really like each other. Like there just isn't that. So I'm thinking, what is it that shifts that kind of energy so a group can come together? But I think it's a lot of yes. Right? When you're in a room where people, someone has an idea and someone says yes, and let's try it, right. and let's just move ahead rather than being met with no. Well, and before saying yes, you need someone or a couple of folks to be willing to examine the entire system and be willing to actually shift the way the whole system is structured. Yeah. Yeah. So, Changing the model. You know. Right. So... One of the things that keeps us stuck is that we don't even look at the system and right. how, how it works. We just keep moving ahead 
it's like it, it feels a lot of times i think like trying to force a round peg into a square hole yeah you know we get that this is the way it goes this way it goes this way it goes to the you know from the board to the council or vice versa or whatever you know and that's and so then it feels like things don't fit when new things come up, but it, it may feel like it doesn't fit because that whole process needs to look different, you know, which might mean creating different bodies that handle different things in a church that you might not have considered before, you know, that never existed. You know, so what one of the like? things that keeps us stuck is that we don't have enough people examining the systems and then we end up with like one or two people and then they get to dictate how everything goes. You know what else keeps us stuck, really? Like yeah. I've seen this in so many places, this idea that everyone has to be happy all the time. That right. like you have to, well, so-and-so doesn't like it, so we can't do it. Right. Right. Or, or that everyone has to have a vote. I'm sorry, I know that we're a democratic system, but everyone doesn't get a vote and a voice on every single decision. That keeps us stuck. The idea that we move at the speed of church and we do it because everybody has to weigh in. Yeah. No, we really need nimble systems. We need to be nimble, able to say yeah. like these people are doing it and they're doing it. We're just going to support them and it's good. They get to decide. Right. It's one of my favorite things to have strategic planning meetings because that's the, the opportunity where you can see, you know, if we have a certain goal to reach, actually who needs to be really involved and who doesn't need to be bothered with that at this particular stage right. and at what point do you involve them in the process where it makes sense right it doesn't mean we don't involve everyone right but there are different ways of doing that where we can actually keep going forward and progressing toward a goal yep so there are lots and lots of things that keep us stuck things we just do over and over and over the ways that we listen to or kowtow to Bullies in yeah, congregations. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Lots of bullies in Lot congregations. Bullies. And we just let them run rampant. And one thing that keeps us stuck is that we don't set boundaries. We don't suspend people. That's correct. Like you're out of covenant and you're done. Like, That's correct. You know, like we just let them stay because we somehow think that being Unitarian Universalist is about being nice. Well, right. And that kind of goes back to a, a place of fear. Like you're, you're what? what's the fear? Right. If, if, it's the fear that we won't, you know. I mean, if the goal is to grow, for example, and you have a bully in the place who's not getting any consequences for their behavior. Right. I mean, is it more important to keep that one person comfortable or recognize that that's an absolute sticking point? We won't grow as long as that element yeah. is there. I have a lot of colleagues that are experiencing that, yeah. for sure. You know, I, I would much rather be in a really small congregation mm -hmm. of people who are on fire with right. the mission exactly. than a great big congregation of people who are totally. asleep. Yeah. Agreed. And worse, not just asleep, people who are bullies who are nasty who are sure that they should get their way people i mean i had somebody at our dre said to somebody no we can't do the thing you want us to do mm -hmm. and then she came to me the person came to me to like tell on the dre mm -hmm. i was like really yeah i mean she first of all she has authority second she's right i mean i'll explain while she's right mm -hmm. if that's helpful but mm -hmm. third you don't get to go over someone's head like that. Like just because you don't like something doesn't mean you get it. Like right. it's, you can't derail processes and there are too many people. And we end up as so often in churches, somebody like that mm -hmm. does get their way. And the minister goes back to the DRE and it's like, oh, so-and-so isn't happy. So let's just let That's them right. do the thing that they want to do. Right. And then you end up with burned out staff who just yeah. want to leave and start looking for other jobs because they're not respected and... Right, and it all becomes performative. 
Yeah. Right. Entitlement. Definitely enabling. entitlement. I mean, if we, <laughs> we if we want to really rattle it off, ego, attachment, entitlement, fear. enabling, yeah. fear. Yeah. Those are the things that keep us stuck over and over and over and over. And, and this inability or unwillingness to confront any of it. Also, posturing. Posturing. Posturing's mm. a problem. Yeah. I, I There are a lot of churches I know of who have adopted the eighth principle and are absolutely not living that principle right. so into action. Yep. Right. Right. If you're not living it in your leadership circles, if you're not living it in the way that colleagues in leadership treat one another, there is no chance that just because you have groups or programs intended to be rooted in the eighth principle, that that's really yep. the whole church living into that principle. So if we're talking about the institutional church dying and we're saying that we have to really revamp, if we want to be relevant, we have to be honest about what doesn't work in our own churches. Why are we stuck? Honesty is critical. Honesty is critical. And it's not comfortable no. most of the time. No. Yep. All right. Can't talk about this one too long. It's making me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Disrupt Church podcast, hosted by Reverend Peggy Clark and Jill Novensky, and produced by me, Starling Carter, for the Community Church of New York. To join the Disrupt Church conversation, you can find us on Facebook and on Substack. You can find links to both of these in our show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or better yet, send it to a friend. See you next time.